Blog Talk Radio.
cup full of lean. The lean symbolizes the bottom, we at the top. And Bill G, that last year was a shot. And my flow is so tip top notch, cause I'm on my raps like a hip hop cop. Why oh why, my oh my, Miss Mary J, I am so obliged for you to involve easy, baby. Oh my mama, she went crazy. She said, son, that's a good look for you. And she wanted me to let you know that she would cook for you. But back to the subject, something you could dance to. Susie is a band, who is it? Is a candy. And we are crack, smack, and never whack. Like I never had a candy. I would never laugh, and I would never lie. I would never say, never would I ever say, never say, never, cause I never gave up. Whatever, it's whatever. I be with bad guys and good fellas. <laughs> yeah, you're jealous, and we're not that kind. We nail us.
have some faith in the sound It's the one good thing that I've got Got my ticket for the long way round To buy the whiskey for the way And I sure would like the sweet company And I'm leaving tomorrow Okay. All right. So, 
with all that being said, let's get let's get started. Right, let's recap from last week though, because some things were said last week that were very interesting and you know <laughs> the show ended kinda of on a volatile uh tip somewhat because you know we have my old friend Sarge on here. And anyone who knows Sarge knows when Sarge talks, you know, he talks at an elevated pitch. And um <laughs> As he gets more excited or more passionate, as we can say, he his octave well, his voice gets louder and louder. Now some people take that take that as, you know, he's yelling all the time and he's upset. But I'm just gonna tell y'all, that's the way. Sarge talks. I mean we, we can't nothing to hold that against him, folks. That's the way he is. You know, I just worry about his health sometimes when he gets to yelling and screaming like that. But anyway, at the end of the show. Sarge says some interesting things that, um, well, me and Sarge, we got into a little discussion, and there's some things that were said that had me wondering, it really did. And I had to go and check it out, y'all. I really did. And Sarge had gotten upset because he said that a Black Lives Matter activist had said, basically, um, paraphrasing, because I still haven't found an article or um, anything to back up what Sarge was saying about this individual that um, it was said that we're no longer, you, we're not your grandparents and um, this is not your grandparents civil rights era and um, basically we're going to fight back. We're going to cause a civil war. Something like that. Right. Now my response, Sarge was upset about that. He said, well if they, then why are they saying that? If they don't hate and my response was, well, you know, how can you get upset about that when the president himself said the same thing about being reelected? Okay. So, and that's when, you know, we went back and forth to, it got to a point where I had to mute Sarge with that. Because <laughs> Sarge was yelling and screaming, I couldn't understand anything he was saying. I couldn't get a word in edgewise. So, anyway, as, as all of that, that's the show ended. You know, I went back and I did some checking. And just like I couldn't find anything regarding the activists mentioning Civil War if Trump was reelected, I really couldn't find anything where Trump actually said himself that there would be a Civil War if he was reelected. So, y'all know, I, 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 if I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. So, I was wrong on that end. But I did find something that was said. Now, the mention of the Civil War was actually started by um, Robert Jeffress, you know. And, you know, <laughs> it's interesting because he's an evangelical pastor, you know. And what he was speaking about was um, basically uh, impeachment. When, when Trump, when the Democrats were um, attempting to impeach the president, yeah. So that's where that statement came from. Um, you know, he's basically said, um, "Let's see what did Jeffrey say." Um, he also warned that if Democrats remove Donald Trump from office, it would lead to a civil war like fracture in this nation. From which this country will never heal. Okay, so that's that's what um, 
Oh boy, see Now, the interesting part is, you know, this president, he never, I don't think he really has any original, genuine ideas, you know, himself. So, of course, what did he do? He re- repeated it and retweeted it that following Sunday evening. Yeah, he did. So that's where it was associated with him. That's where it came from. Because he, he repeated it. Okay? So I corrected myself, but I gave you some background on where that came from and how I got associated with the president. Okay? Yeah. And we all know the president over weekends, he tweets left and right out. You know, he's just a tweet, tweet monster over during the weekend. I guess that's the only time they give him his phone. So, you know, he goes off. <laughs> or whatever he wants to talk about, or he repeats some things. But, yeah. So, it's in Angelicals, and that's who it is. All right? Yeah. And let's see, Jeffries, what? He's First Baptist Dallas. Yeah. He's been a pastor down there since 2007. One of the oldest and most prominent Southern Baptist congregations in the country. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's, that's where it came from. Um, you know, and, and reading that evangelical Christian. You know, he has spoken to thousands and thousands of evangelical Christians over the last week and has never seen them angrier than they are over the impeachment inquiry. Yeah. Yeah, I know the impeachment has happened, and yes, the president was impeached, but no, he was not removed from the office because the Senate um, did not find him guilty. Yeah. Just so, you know, because... As much as we explain what impeachment was and the process, some people still fail to understand that just because he wasn't removed from office doesn't mean he wasn't impeached because he was. He is and shall always be impeached. Okay? He just wasn't removed from office, which, you know, which wasn't a, a big surprise. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's interesting that this pastor here, evangelical pastors, which we know um, they are some of the biggest supporters of the president um, and, well, at least were some of the biggest report, um, supporters of the president. And, um, yeah, he'll come on and say something like that. But, yeah, as soon as the Black Lives Matter, um, somebody who says, now see, and here's the other important thing you have to remember. Just because people say things and um, say certain things, and if they should happen to be black, doesn't mean they are speaking for Black Lives Matter in particular. You know, it's like saying, you know, all white people speak for the KKK. And I'm sure there's some of you out there will find an issue with that. So, you know, when we get to the classifying and labeling people, and y'all know how I feel about labels, you know, I think it's really dumb. But, you know, that's just something that we have been programmed to do and follow. And that's why we are where we are today in in, in this world, in this society, in this country. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's where we are. So, anyway, with all that being said, that's where we were with that conversation, and that's where it ended at. 
So I will not stop looking for um, this statement. Sarge has so vehemently claimed out there that had him upset to even us threaten to shoot anybody that <laughs> defense or whatever. And it, it was crazy because nobody even talked about, you know, coming to get his property. <laughs> Oh, Lord, have mercy. You know, that, that, that was another interesting part of it. It really was. That, you know, nobody really claimed to come uh, um, come after your brother, but so I'd say, here they come, I'm going to shoot. You know, which is, which is, like I said, it was interesting, um, interesting train of thought, you know. Because now everybody, you know, they're claiming the Black Lives Matter are terrorists and, you know, they want to destroy the world. And so I says that they're fascists and Marxists and all this craziness, man. You know, and you really think about about the thing, it kind of drives you crazy. Because, like, people, when it's wrong, it's change. It is. It's change. It, it was. It was. Um, it was going to happen. <laughs> you know, it, it was going to happen. It, it, you know, eventually it was going to happen. So that is what it's doing. It is happening right now. <sighs> you know, it's, it's happening right now. And that's where the problem is. Now, you know, when you start talking about um, Black Lives Matter, let, let's talk about this. This has been um, building and building and building ever since Trayvon Martin uh, murder. You can't call it an incident. You can't call it a situation. Call it what it was. It's a murder. Okay? And it has been building. And actually, it was, it, it was building before Trayvon Martin. It just was a smoldering type of thing. But I think that when when Trayvon Martin was killed, all of a sudden it it, 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 it um, galvanized a whole generation of young people that were just tired of seeing, you know, their brothers and sisters out there laying on the ground. You know, Eric Brown, even after they shot him, his body laid out there for four hours. Four hours in the middle of the street. They didn't even have the decency to cover the body. So how do how you think this younger generation is feeling? So when they say that um, this is not your mother and your grandmother's, you know, uh, uh, civil rights movement, you know, they have a legitimate point. They have a legitimate point. So, you know, why, 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 why are you getting upset? What are you afraid of? Huh? What are you afraid of? Because apparently, you still want want it to be that 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 type of society, that type of country. Because even though. You have a whole different type of mentality uh, of person out there in the street protesting peacefully, I may add. Of course, everybody, you know, 
Everybody don't want to jump on when somebody break a window or there's some looting. Oh, black lives matter. They just but that's as we have discussed on the show quite often. Just because someone else is doing it don't mean they are a part of this the what you call it the movement or they're with that group. We all know there are individuals as I, I say quite often that would take advantage of any situation to do whatever they want to do because that's, be real. There are some some crooks, some thugs, some whatever you want to call them out there. Not just black, just white. That they white, they black. You know, just some immoral individuals that's gonna do what they're gonna do. Just like up in 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 the White House, just like in Congress, just like um, in, in uh, the local governments, the mayor, you know, attorney general. I mean, let's be honest, they are there. They are there. But we so quick to condemn. We and, and the thing about the condemning of all this is, while there's condemning, we condemning all everyone. The main message that is trying to be portrayed is lost because narrative then begins to to twist and turn and becomes something totally different. Let's go all the way back to um, Kaepernick when he first knelt. Kneeled. When he first kneeled, it had nothing to do with, with, with disrespecting a flag or military or anything like that. But because some individuals did not like it, see, and, and that's all it takes sometimes, just one person, and it has to be the right one, to change a narrative of a movement that, that sometimes will destroy the movement and purposely destroy the movement, not not just accidentally, purposely destroy the movement because that is the intention from day one. It is. That's the intention. And from that time, when that first individual said, oh, how can he disrespect our flag and how can he disrespect the military, that has been the narrative. But the narrative, the narrative is wrong. It is. It's wrong. It has always been wrong. And now here we are, 2020. You know, and, and there are individuals out there beginning to realize that that narrative is wrong. And now they're standing up. They're pushing. They're fighting. They're, 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 they're saying, okay, enough is enough. But then you have those out there, the status quo, you know, the the steadfast, I am an American no matter what, that just doesn't want to change. Yeah, I mean, the point is, they don't even want to change enough to even condemn the KKK. Now, yeah, we know there's all kind of... Well, you know, the Democrats invented the KKK. And I, but does that still make it right? Does that make it acceptable for them to still be around, for nobody to condemn them? The Aryan Nation. What are the other ones? Um, Antifa, which is just, <laughs> you know, Antifa is 
you know, you want to say they they they're moving, they're more political than anything. But you know, you just you look at all these people. But let's go back to the KKK because KKK historically has done very very horrible things to the black community. Okay, and then some other um, ethnicities that also, but not as much as black the black community. There's no matter means to the, the, the condemn them. These are individuals that runs around, run around in robes and hoods with their faces covered, doing all kind of crazy. Not that you, you know, people don't that's associated with them or in their circle don't know who they are. But you won't condemn them. But as soon as a movement like Black Lives Matter get to rolling, you want to condemn them. You want to make them terrorists. You want to make them a radical group. But if we remember correctly, go back in our history, the same thing was done to the Black Panthers. The Black Panthers. In the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. So there's historical data that shows that the same strategy that worked back then is being implemented and put in place now. However, this generation is now saying, hey, no, this is not going to work because we're not having it. We're fighting back. We're, we're not taking it anymore. You know, and that upsets the establishment right now. It really does. Because never before have they had someone to fight back with their right. Never had they had someone to fight them, fight back so adamantly and believe in what they believe in. And, of course, we cannot uh, um, overlook social media, the, the importance of social media today. Because you can, at one time, you can hear about it, you can get upset about it, but it, it puts a totally different aspect on it when you see it on, on video. You can sit there and just watch over and over and over and over. Now, and once you do, you can determine, okay, what is really true, what I'm being told or what I'm looking at. And we go from there. And that's what this generation has done. It's amazing to, to watch it. It really is. But it's also amazing to watch the the, 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 the way that um, establishment is fighting. <laughs> and, you know, the interesting part about this whole thing, do you, but Black Lives Matter, you know, it basically started out as a hashtag. That was it, a hashtag. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. You know, first it was just Black Lives Matter. And then one of the founders came back later and just put hashtag Black Lives Matter. And from that, it took off. He never intended, intended for it to be what it is today. 
But when a group of people are tired of something, when they are tired of being abused, they're tired of being killed and taken advantage of, that's what happens. Just a spark is all it takes. You know, and, and when you go back to the part where what Sarge said about this activist, about saying this is no longer your grandparents' generation, you know, basically we're not going to stand around and be mistreated or, you know, we will cause a civil war. I, I thought about it. And I thought about Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, um, TDJ's Martin Luther King Jr., the third or whatever he is, even Crump, you know, the attorney that happens to show up with all these, um, when all these individuals are murdered. Um, you know, they show up at these, these memorials and they talk a good game and, you know, get the crowd around, blah, 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 blah. But then they vanish. They vanish. You know, the uh, interesting part was Jesse Jackson showed up at a, a, a demonstration one time, you know, doing this whole thing. Black Lives Matter movement, and young people notice uh, are so aware right now of what's going on. They told Jesse, "You can leave. We don't need you here. We don't need you coming here trying to get a, a moment in the, in the sun. We don't need you. We're doing this on our own now, because they have realized that old dog and pony show, uh, keep hope alive, and all that is is done." It's over with. You know, this generation is saying, hope, whatever, we're about to take it now. We're coming for it. You know, there's, there's a verse that says, um, Matthew 5th chapter, um, verses 30, what is it? Verses 39, 30 and 39. But I'm going to read you 39. It says, but I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him on the other also. In other words, that's one of those things where we were saying, uh, you know, if you slap me on the right, you know, I turn the cheek, turn the other cheek and let you hit me on the other one. Well, this generation has decided, uh, uh-uh, nope, not happening. We're not doing it. Nope. If you hit me on my right cheek, I'm hitting you on your right cheek or left cheek. Okay, this generation is not playing anymore. This generation is not tolerating any of this nonsense, y'all. <laughs> and it's about time. You know, that's what I'm saying. It is about time. You know, you have the Tucker Carsons, the Sean Hannity's, uh, yeah, all them that want to just put this dark cloud over this movement and think everybody is just blah, 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 bad, bad, bad. But that's not what's happening. It's ushering in a new era in this country. And the old guard, the establishment, they can't stand it. Because they, they no, they're about to be replaced. And it scares the heck out of them. It does. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I say I got to call in. So let me bring this call in here real quick and uh, see what we got going on. 
All right, area code 647. Welcome to the show. Who do I have here? This is Patrick. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Patrick. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Um, Outstanding. Great topic. Talk to me. Great topic. Um, I just think that, number one, one of the good things that have come out of the protests, especially the early protests, is that the young people got a lesson in what subversion is and what um, um, agent provocateurs are. That's something mm-hmm. that us who are older should have taught them, but we didn't. Right. So they they learned they had to learn on their own, and um, there's hundreds of hundreds of clips of video that they've taken of agent provocateurs during this whole thing. So they've learned at least that. Now, one of the things that they're also learning is agent provocateurs coming in from amongst us. Mm. Not from outside of us, from amongst Mm -hmm. us. Some of these so-called groups that are supposed to be coming in doing such and such, they're very good with doing research now and finding out who these people are from these groups that are supposed to be helping us. Right. And another thing that they're very good with is disseminating information. (laughs) So when, you know, one of the major groups out here that's supposed to represent us, but it doesn't, they were able to find old interviews where, the leader of the group, or one of the leaders of the group says, well, one of our main jobs is to queer out the black liberation movement. Hmm. They found that. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> they, found out, they found out that these leaders have admitted that they have been trained in Marxist, Leninist um, theory by somebody who used to be with the Weather Underground. Hmm. Who are the Weather Underground? They were the ones that were going to blow up buildings in D.C. and blame it on black people to get the riot started. So, <laughs> so, so talk, my brother. Finding all this information. Mm-hmm. And it, because these people have admitted it in the past, they can't admit it right now. And they're digging up all of these old interviews. Right? Right. So there are some things that the younger people are learning that really was supposed to come from us, but that didn't. Hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm proud of with the younger people. I'm proud that they yes. are learning. Now, some are still getting fooled in some stuff, but I think eventually as the information gets around, they, they'll, they'll become a little bit more savvy on what this is and what to look out for. And like I said, it's sad that we didn't teach them this because all of our organizations back in the civil rights era were infiltrated, every single last one of them. Every one of them. Yep, you're right. <laughs> you know, every, and we should have learned and we should have told them, hey, this is how it goes, man. This is what they do. This is how they do it. This is when they do it, blah, blah. But we didn't. They had to learn on their own. You know, I, I, you know, you bring up a very, very good point, and I, I believe a lot of that, like you say, it is a lot of our our fault. Um, and the reason why, because I think this generation that is taking control now, 
was underestimated. I, I really think they were underestimated. You know, I think we, you know, took to to looking at you know their fads with all the tattoos and all you know the crazy styles we consider crazy whatever. But we 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 failed to um, understand and realize what the passion that they they have they actually have. Not to mention, you know, the the uh, ability as as you say to to research, learn on the fly, you know, adjust on the fly, and, and just fight for what they want, you know, and and just just determine to say no, we're not going to take what we took back in the day. That's not happening. You know, and if we got to stand toe to toe, that's what we're going to do. You know, and I think that is what really uh, scares the establishment now, because these kids now today are not backing backing down. You know, and as you mentioned, and as you mentioned, um, if they find someone within their ranks that are, that's, you know, working for the other side, they have no problem outing them and, and, and putting, you know, putting them out. They go, no, we're not dealing with you like that. <laughs> you know, so right. it, it's a great thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you know, you're absolutely right. And as an example, what's going on in Portland right now, mm-hmm. they're savvy enough to know that that doesn't have anything to do with what they're doing. Right. All of this burning down police precincts and all that, they don't have anything to do with what they're doing. And they're not taking part in it. Because they know that other people have other agendas and they're riding on this. To kind of complete other agendas, right? To promote right. other agendas, and they—that's they, why they're not really taking part in it. They're not taking part in all this. Oh, we're gonna burn down the police station. They're not falling for that one. It's like, well, that's not us. That's not what we were doing. <laughs> we were doing our own thing in the beginning, and now right. y'all want to do something else. That's not y'all, because we know y'all up to some BS. We know y'all. Up to, <laughs> we, we 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 know what's going on. We know y'all right. not doing that for us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. <laughs> it's the same you know. old thing. Like I said, the weather underground. What were they trying to do? Bomb the federal buildings and blame black people to start the race run. Yep. But they got caught. Yeah. Got what caught. Trump, people don't understand. Charles Manson. Remember Charles Manson? Oh, Remember yeah. Remember he tape murders? Yep. Did you hear what he said that he was going to do? He was supposed to kill the Tate family, and they were going to blame it on black people. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> people don't get that. See this. See this trick of these liberal white people trying to promote these agendas and trying to overturn this and turn it into something else, and using black people to do it is old. It's, it's been around for a while. It's been around since the sixties. Oh wow! Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So. <laughs> So I, that's what I, so I, I agree with you. The young people, I mean, I'm, I'm inspired by some of the things that they're doing and some of the things that they're learning. And uh, let me tell you one more thing that's scaring the establishment to no end. Now they're talking about sitting out this election. That changes everything. Oh, man. There's a, there's, <laughs> there was an article. There was an article in um, – I think it was the Wall Street Journal or Washington Post. I should find it. I should have pulled it up before I called you. But it said Joe Biden is doing worse with young blacks than Hillary was at at the same point in her campaign. Mm. You know, so, I think I, I, I've, I've seen that article. 
Yeah, so it's really interesting what's going on. You know, and 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 you know, sometimes yeah. You know, if you're if you're if you're if you're running for office and I said, "Hey, and I'm and I I know that my vote will put you over the top." And I say, "Hey, man, this this is kind of what I need." And you say, "No." And I say, "Oh, okay. Have a nice day. You'll never win another election, but have a nice day." I've effectively got you over a barrel. I've got leverage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're, that's what they're looking at now, leverage. And they're starting to understand the leverage that they actually have. So pretty oh, exciting wow. time. You know what? Yeah. You know what? That, 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 that's the heck of a word right there, leverage. Because when you said it, that took me back to um, a couple of years ago when um, some, some players from University of Missouri, you know, they got it. You know, look, we're not going to play against the, the, the president of the university resigned, you know, over, you know, treatments and, and, uh, of the players and things like that. And it was so such a powerful movement to even the head coach got involved as well, you know. And now you would think a group of black football players in college, you know, what, what's, what leverage you and then, you know, what do you have so hard that you're going to force this, this white man in this university to retire, I mean, to resign? Well, when you start thinking, like you said, when you start thinking about the leverage they do have, because if they don't play, the money don't come in. The money don't come in, the exactly. boosters get upset. The boosters got the money. And, you know, so now we got an issue going on now because you're affecting their pockets. So long yep. story short, this president actually resigned. This, this whole yep. university over... Uh, behind what 40, 50 players, black players, boycotting, saying they weren't going to hit the field. You know, yep. if that doesn't does, doesn't open some eyes, I don't know what else will. You know, it's just that simple if you really think about it. But it has to be a a a, 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 a togetherness type of thing. You know, it's got to be some cohesion, and thus is why the provocateurs are sent in to break that up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, they always have these old guys coming in. I remember when it happened in Baltimore. When riots were happening in Baltimore, who they call? They call the tried and true. I'm not gonna put his name out there, but we all know he is. He's Mm -hmm. tried and true, older guy coming there. Say, hey, everybody, we're gonna have a march, and we gonna march (laughs) down the street. So everybody got up and, and marched and wore their shoes out, wore their church shoes out. And at the end of the march, yeah, we going we need this and we need it, we gonna do that, and nothing's ever done. And he, right. his job was done. That's his job. <laughs> his job That's is it. to calm everybody, make it seem like something's gonna happen. Nothing ever happens. Everybody calms down, and everything goes on as usual. Right. That's their job. That's why they come out of <laughs> the woodwork every every time something major happens. They come here. They come. Right. Mm-hmm. Here they yep. come. Right on cue. Okay, everybody, we're just going to organize a march. We're going to meet at this church, and we're going to organize a march. And they might get out, and they march with their signs, and the police sitting back on the side laughing, laughing their ass off. Yeah. <laughs> they know like, we got them again. We got them again. Look at these two coming again. down the street. You know, like, so like <laughs> you know, I, it's just, you know, I, I, I think all of this stuff is, is, is being exposed. And, it, and it's high time that that it is being exposed. And you're right, leverage is good. 
matter of fact, we should be looking at voting as a business transaction only. Meaning we should have some people on our payroll <laughs> that we have to go negotiate a term with, with terms and what we want and go negotiate with all the politics, you know, both sides. This is what we want. When can we get it? Are you going to, you know, you know, you know as, 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 as crazy as that sounds, that is exactly what needs to be done. Believe it or not. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. It should be strictly business. If we're going right. to be serious, let's be serious. If it's something we want, let's make sure it's put down, it's clear, it's concise, it's, it, you know, has all the right language, everything that we want. Put it down and then say, well, these, we need these seven things, you know, if we're going to support you, bring out the vote, we need these seven things done. And we need you to publicly come out and blah, blah, blah. And we need some top negotiators to go on our behalf. Right. right, that we pay. Right, exactly. And that's how we run. And that's how we run our business. Stop looking at it as an emotional, because when you get emotion into it, people can manipulate you emotionally. Yes, you know. Yes, they can come out and start talking yes. about we need to get together and love each other and this and that. <laughs> Next thing you know, tears coming from your eyes. Uh huh. You know what I mean? He starts thinking right. You're right. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, "Thus says the Lord," and you know, just hold (laughs) out and just hold out. Yeah, no, this is just trying to say we're tired of holding. We're about to move now. (laughs) You know, we're no longer in this holding pattern. We're we're ready to take off. (laughs) And this is a thinking man's conflict. I won't call it a war on your show, but this is a thinking man's conflict. But you right. right. It, it is a war. It, it, it is now. It is. It, 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 it is a very interesting. It's it's a civil war, believe it or not. You know, people say, "Well, why you?" Well, that's what it is right now. It, it's a civil war because people don't understand. They think war is guns and bombs. No, that's that's no. That's one type of war. That's information war. Before you go to war, before the United States goes to war with anyone. They do the information war. They start spreading propaganda. There you go. Cyber war. They start breaking yep. into their systems. Like there's there's yep. many things that happen before any of that stuff happens, right? Like there's right. all different right. types of, of, of parts of wars. So we're in an information war. We're 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 at this yes. point, and it's a, it's a right. thinking man's war. Like, it's a thinking man's war at this point. You got to strategize now. You got to start thinking. Okay. What are the moves? You got to start planning. Like, those things are paramount. Not to, you know, getting mad, you know, getting all emotional and stuff and getting out of control and letting people manipulate you and all that kind of stuff. Like, later mm-hmm. for that. Like, there's enough, right. there's enough time for that kind of stuff. But if you're going to make some moves, you got to really get behind closed doors and start thinking, okay, what's the plan? Like, what, what are we doing? How are we moving this forward? Anticipating their moves before they make it. Because we've seen exactly. it a hundred times. Right. 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 That kind of stuff. So that's, that's kind of my comment on all of this. But I, I agree with you, and I think the young people, they just need to keep learning, you know, keep researching, and uh, everything will be all right. I think things will be better going forward as far as the strategy, you know, if the young people just mm-hmm. keep doing that, They're doing a yeah. great job. Yeah, they actually are, you know. And, and the other part is, you know, they, they're they're not falling for 
they're not letting the um, establishment control the narrative any longer. You know, they're maintaining, you know, making sure they continue to put their message out of, of, you know, what they want and when they want it, you know, which is always great, always a great thing. Because, you know, as we just said, the provocateur is going to be inside. They're doing whatever they can to disrupt it. And, um, hey, just keep pushing, y'all. Just keep pushing. That's all I got to say. Yep. <laughs> you know, but you, you know what, Patrick, though, and I was going to get to this was just for your call. You know, it's interesting that anytime there's a black movement and we, we're talking about provocateurs, but I, I think about those in our own ethnicity. Y'all know I hate the word race, so I say ethnicity. Um, that are always trying to disrupt it themselves. You know, they really don't have anything to do with it, but they always find try and find something negative with it. You know, because I'm always receiving um, messages and things like that. Well, you know, the founders are gay, and you know, they they're trying to do their own agenda, and blah 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 blah. I'm like, but wait a minute. Um, Bayard Rastin was. Martin Luther King's right hand man. He helped plan the Washington Washington. He was gay. What's the what's the issue here? You know what I'm saying? What's the, we falling back on the labels, uh, trying to discredit someone, and you're not doing anything. So you sitting at home, you know, looking up all this stuff, but you're not doing anything. So what do they get out there and yeah, do I something? Didn't didn't maybe I, I you think... can have some credibility. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. I think what's 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 happening though, I think there's there's a there's a because of the research that's being done, they're pulling up they're pulling up what the young people call receipts. They're putting they're pulling up the receipts on everybody. Right? And um that may be it may be the case that they're looking at certain groups or certain people and they're like, you know, they have some concern over these people, right? Sometimes we got to let them go through the process. I, you know, I understand that it's, it, it is it is disconcerting. Like they they will, you know, pull receipts on people and have this stuff out there, and you know, people right. disagree and all that kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. but I think one of the things that we don't do as older people is that we don't we don't. One of the things you you really hear about are the mistakes that we made. We always talk about the successes, but we rarely go into a lot of the mistakes that we made. Even with the civil rights movement, you know, we we talk about the successes, but we don't talk about the mistakes. And then we don't don't clean it up. Everything can be improved. Correct. You know, if you you make mistakes, you, you know, you analyze your mistakes and say, oh, this is what we did. You know what? We should have never did that. Or, you know, this is the wrong move we made. We got to make sure not to do that again. You know, right. but we, we have to put that out to the younger people because we don't want them to make the same mistakes. We just don't like bringing it up. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> we don't like bringing up the mistakes. We right. hide our, we try to hide our mistakes and try to put all the good stuff out front. And that's not necessarily. Mm-hmm. That's not um, constructive, you know, when you really think about it. But you right. know, as far as all these other groups, all these other groups are concerned, you know, we got to let these young people research. Because they're finding out stuff. They're finding out who's funding these groups. They're finding out the funding sources for these groups. They're looking at like good brother Darren Seals that was in uh, that was in Ferguson. You know, uh-huh. may rest in peace. 
you know, he talked about these strange black people coming in from out of town and in these fancy hotels downtown St. Louis. Nobody knew who they were. <laughs> you know? There's some right, strange right. stuff going on. You see what I mean? So sometimes right. we just got to let them do their due diligence because they may catch something that we would normally overlook because as older people, we you know, somebody come to help us. We're like, hey, you know, hey. Hey, you know, sure, come and help us. But sometimes, you know, you got to look with a critical eye and be like, okay, who are you? Right. Where, where, where exactly. did you come from? Mm-hmm. You know, where now, did how'd you, you hear know, about you us? These, you know. Yeah, and and you got these crisp signs and T-shirts. Where'd you get the money for all that? And oh, by the <laughs> way, I saw you in Ferguson. Then I saw you in Baltimore. You don't work. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I mean? Right. How are you staying in these fancy hotels? You ain't got a job? You got a job? They let you take off all this time to go do all this money. What's going on here now? You see what I mean? That's how you got to right. ask them questions. Right. Cause I got, when you work, you got to take off some time and be going, you know, from city to city doing all of this and being in front of the camera and all that. Who mm-hmm. do you work for? Yep. And so you said it right there, being in front of that. the camera and all that. Yeah, I can't take off work and just go here and there. Otherwise, take off my vacation. You know, like right. Well, how do you get how you get paid? People are gonna ask me. Hey, I saw you here. And I saw you there. Who do you work for? Yeah, yeah absolutely right. You know, and I was I was as you were speaking, I was thinking about something that um, was shown a couple of weeks ago, and this this, this line of mothers, you know lined up all the way in front of the protesters, you know, facing them off with law enforcement saying, look, no, enough of this. And I thought about it, I said, you know, it's something when mothers begin to stand out there in front of the young people to protect them, you know, because there's nothing, and we know there's nothing like a mother's love. I don't care. But when you have, uh, you know, mothers, actual real mothers out there protecting, you know, this is a movement and I don't care what to do. When that happens, this is a movement that is going to go somewhere. You know, when you get mothers out there, it's a strong movement. You know, one lady was out there saying, I got to go to work, you know, eight hours a day, and then I come out here and stay out here all night long to make sure these y'all don't kill none of these people. And that, that was one of the most powerful statements because, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, the uh, opponents say, well, you know, this, well, they don't be at work, what are they doing? This lady said, look, I go to work every day. 40 hours, you know, eight hours, yep. eight, 10 hours a day. Then I come out here afterwards and stand up here for them. You know, and, and when you when you look at that, you're like, wow. You know, and these, these are not just black mothers, though. And I think that's another aspect that, we, you know, that, that is, is involved in this movement now that is, is kind of enlightening as well. You know, this young generation, is, you know, they're, kinda, they're changing the tide as well. You know, which is outstanding. You know, it, it really is. But that that came to mind. I, I wanted to mention that because that came to mind. I'm like, yeah. You know, because after the mothers, the next day I think it was the fathers that was in front of the mothers. I'm like, oh wow, man, this is really getting deep right now. You know, <laughs> but of course we know. Yeah. You know, mom, mom yeah. run the house, so <laughs> you got to protect mom too. So yeah. Yeah. We just gotta think about what comes next. Right. Exactly. Because all of this will die over, and a year later we'll all forget about. It. You know, we have to figure out what comes next. You know, um, 
to make sure that, the, you know, things keep moving and we keep making progress. Yeah. You know, and I've said that. I said, okay, I'm, you know, this movement is great. And when you think about it, the year that it's happening in is a very interesting year, being that it is a big election year. Okay, so because you have Congress, a lot of Congress coming up for election. Of course, we know the presidency coming up for election. And right now, you're going to get fed a, a, a whole lot of beans, you know, that's going to sound good in the beginning. But what happens next year after everything, all the dust has settled, you know? And I, I truly believe this this movement, this generation right here is not just going to let it end after the election. Now, the politicians may think that's what's going to happen, but I, I can't see this gen- this movement uh, um, just letting it die right there. I really don't. I, I think they're going to continue to push and push and push until they get what they want. The change happens. Just your thoughts on that? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's push. I think one of the things you said about the mothers being out there, I think the men have to be more prominent. Um, unfortunately, um, even with this whole thing that's going on, health thing, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm kind of noticing just, you know, where I am is that the men want to be as safe as the women and children. And I'm like, man, <laughs> we've never been as safe as the women and children. That don't happen. Like, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? People are like, you know, I can't go to work. I might get sick. Well, your family needs the money. Like, go stay somewhere else then, like, if you don't want to bring nothing to them. But it's just, I, I see the men wanting to be as safe as the women and children. That's a little disconcerting. Hmm. Yeah. We've never been safe. We've always been one that got on the high seas or gone across deserts. and You know what I mean? We made things happen. Like, I, I, that that kind of thing, just, you know, I'm kind of keeping, it, keeping an eye on it a little bit. I'm yeah. hearing a lot of whining from guys, you know. Um, that's 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 not good for the community. But you know, I, I no, I I agree with everything you said, man. I agree with everything you said. I mean, I think you're right on point. Hmm. Um, and I think things are going to continue to move. But like I said, I think it's a thinking man's game at this point. So we got to start putting some thought to. You know, what kind of leverage do we have politically? You know, we've got to look at all these things. You know, education. You know, we've got to really start taking a look and start knocking down some of these problems, at least start tackling some of the small ones, you know, because we need some wins, right? Yes, yes. Even if, even, yes. If, even us as men, we need some wins, man. We need to go back to our family and say we got some wins here, <laughs> even if it's small. And it, and it even helps. if it's small. And it, yeah. Even it helps us to have more confidence working with each other as men. You know what I mean? If we were right. on a project and we were able to complete the project, and we're like, man, we we knocked that one out. Like, <laughs> if we could do that, then we could do that. Right, you know, high-fiving and, and everything, we, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then now we, can start, now we can start on the next one, right? Like, So I think we need some wins, and we got to figure out how to get some, right, for our mm-hmm. well, people. Yeah. You know? See? Let's 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 we, keep digging. You know we, we can do it. We just don't have the 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 incentive. If they said if they said okay, we need a we need a plan for the children, and then you take some people who have two different views. You have some people who have views on 
you know, they want more charter schools, and they have other people pushing private schools, I mean, public schools. And then, they, you know, even though they're smart people and they know the system and all that kind of stuff, you have two different views. You get them in a room, they're not going to agree, and they're going to argue. However, you get those same people in a room, and you put some guys with some guns outside the door and said, if y'all don't get this done, <laughs> we, you know, y'all, y'all don't get this done, we want a plan, and we it should have this, this, and that. How quick do you think they will come up with that plan? Mm, They'll yeah, come up with that quick. plan very quick. Why? Because the incentives are different. Yeah. It, you know, it's before they had, no, they, they had no incentive to get it done at first. Right. But but when they said, if y'all don't get this done in this time frame, y'all all going to do jail time. Guess <laughs> what? We all going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And so the question then becomes, why couldn't we get it done in the first place? Because of the incentive. Mm-hmm. Everybody broke off into their own little groups and their yeah. own political this, their own political that, instead of thinking about what's that, best for the children it. and education. That's it. But when you put them incentives in, then people straighten up. And it mm. shouldn't have to get to that point. But You're right. Do the right thing. You know, I used to say a, a long time ago, I said, what you do, you, uh, like you say, just put them all in a room together. I don't care what you're, and just let them sit there and, and, you know, argue whatever. At the same time, pump a little, you know, um, natural growth into the room. And I'm sure yeah. they'll come up with some great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> or you, you know, they like come that. up with some solutions, huh? If you can say everybody in here, y'all come up with something, we'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. Everybody in here, guess oh, what? Wow. They'll still get it done the same way. Yes, yes, right. yes. Yo, <laughs> oh, I said, I said, get some kids, put kids in there. You know, kids, kids look at things totally different than adults do anyway, and you'd be surprised at what right. they would come up with. You know, because they have well, no exactly. preconceived notion. You know, <laughs> you may have to tweak it a little bit, but I'm, the kids have some great ideas sometimes. We just don't listen to them. Absolutely. Believe it or not. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, and so I think we can get it done. It's just how do you motivate the people that have the talent to get it done? How do you motivate them to actually do it? You shouldn't have mm. to, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, you know, yeah, I guess it's money, you know. I don't know. You know, but you honestly, know? at this at this point, this generation that, that that is standing up right now, I don't really think there's, uh, um, how can I put it? I think right now they're motivated enough to make some things happen, regardless. You know, because they see the, they see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, and as we said before, this this generation here. Is more they are they are more educated than we were. They're more definitely technically savvy than we were. We are. Uh-huh. Um, so when you start putting it all together, and and they realize, um, they realize that you know in order to get anything to work, it's going to have to be constant, and it's going to have to be a, a comprehensive type of effort. And as we both said earlier, that's why they weed. They're, they're now weeding out the the negative negative influencers that are trying to infiltrate the group. You know, many people don't believe that don't know. There's what thirty as of twenty sixteen. There were thirty nine chapters of Black Lives Matters across the world. We're not just talking about in the United States. Across the world. Uh-huh. So that's 
that's a lot. That's a lot of people. You know, I mean, across the world, as far as, you know, even in, what, China, uh, um, Africa, you know, even, believe it or not, even in Russia, which is hard to believe in its, in its own right. But, you know, so this uh-huh. is just not a, 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 I know we concentrate on the movement here in the United States, but it's just not a, a, a United States movement any longer. You know, this world, a worldwide type of thing. Now, but who's going to be running it? That's the it, thing. See, who's going to have control of it? Right. Who, that, that, you know, because we that, got all of these chapters around. Right. All these got to be paid for. Who's giving them the money? Like, so it, <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things that we got to we gotta really figure out, like, what, you know, what how we're doing this, man. And you got right. goodwill. You got goodwill from people, even you know, even in Africa that want to help. Black people here, like that's another one of those things that we really need to start thinking about. How can we strengthen the ties between <laughs> what's going on in Africa, or people in Africa, and people in the black population in North America? Like we really got to start strengthening those ties because that's where all the wealth is. <laughs> you really think about it. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, but great discussion. I don't want to take up all your time. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll be listening. It's just to me and you. So we good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no problem. It's just me and you. I'm enjoying the conversation myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, when you, I gotta when, run out. When you, I don't want to. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. All right. No, I, I was about to say when you start talking about Black Lives Matter in Africa, you know, yeah, it, it's it's interesting, but you have to realize too. That China is all up in um, Africa, building infrastructure and everything like that. So, however it's done, it's uh, yeah. going to have to be uh, um, done carefully. Put it that way. Yeah, I wasn't talking you know? necessarily about Black Lives Matter in Africa. I was saying that we just, as a people, need to start oh, okay. strengthening ties with our brothers and sisters in Africa. Oh, that's we're, what we're, I, we're, I, I agree. Like, I agree with that. Yeah. Start taking, yeah. start taking trips over. Start just, just building relationships. You know that that kind of needs to start, like in earnest. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I I I I agree with that. I really do. You know, because I I you know I keep saying I want to go to Ghana, and one day I'm gonna get to Ghana and get to Africa. One day I am. It's amazing that the the military sent me everywhere but there, but it's okay. (laughs) I get there on my own. (laughs) You know, but yeah, I want to go. I really do. You know, but. We, we, we're working out. Right. We, I, I think this we're, generation we're is, is doing some great stuff. Huh? I'm sorry. No, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, man. And I'll continue to listen, man. Great conversation and great topic. All right. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> Appreciate All you. All right. No problem, man. All right. All right. Bye. All right. Oh, man. I tell you, I love great conversation, man. That's why I named the show. Um, um, <laughs> Let's talk, um, because because it's, it's you know we we have such a great conversation. Oh my goodness! I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm just getting texts from everywhere, you know, regardless of all kind of stuff. But um, yeah. Okay, so anyway. So Black Lives Matter, this generation is doing great things, and um, yes, let's continue to push them, um, strive them, um. Guide them a little bit 
you know, but don't got them too much to where you restrain them, you know. If they come ask you for some advice, you know, give the best advice you can and, and just let them do their thing. Let them do their thing. And actually, you may learn a little bit from them. <laughs> you know, I have an 18-year-old son, and sometimes he says some things that make my eyes just open wide up like, yeah, I never thought about it like that. Okay. All right, son. You know, and he just says it straight up. He He doesn't, you know. I don't know whether he thought about it or whatever. He just, and, and that's just where our generation, this generation is right now. I can't say our generation because it's not my generation. <laughs> my seed, but not my generation. Okay? So keep pushing them, man. And let's, let's keep, you know, keep, 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 keep them in our, our, our prayers and chants or whatever else y'all do. All right? So here we go. We got 30, 30 minutes left. All right. Joe Biden. Yeah, I know Sleepy Joe, as, as um, <laughs> the president calls him, you know, uh, which is neither here nor now. So he's supposed to um, select his running mate um, sometime this week, which is supposed to be a female. Um, you got Kamala Harris. Now, there's supposed to be 11 women, okay, that's being considered. But here are the top, what, five, six of them? Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren. Representative Karen Bass, Senator Tammy Duckworth, and, of course, Susan Rice, which was um, former National Security Advisor for President Obama. So those are, are the, the women. Um, and honestly, none of them really excite me. <laughs> you know, Camilla Harris, yeah, but her record on, on, on black people when she was um, prosecutor, um, in California is not uh, a great thing. Elizabeth Warren, whatever. Karen Bass, you know, she's one of those open newcomers. Um, not much is known about her, but uh, Tammy Duckworth is a veteran. You know, she she was wounded in um, Iraq, I think. She was wounded, so yeah. And Susan Rice, we know about her in this meeting with um, – Clinton on the air, the tarmac in Arizona somewhere, I think it was. So those are the choices that he's supposed to be coming down to. And I guess the question is, are any of these women enough to to excite people to vote for Joe Biden? Okay, because everybody knows who Joe Biden is. You know, yeah, he was President Obama's uh, uh, um, vice president. Okay. And a long, long time ago, he was a senator in Congress. Okay. But other than that, I mean, what do we really know about Joe Biden? Besides, he cussed in a heartbeat, which is interesting that they've been kind of keeping him on the go. <laughs> you know, but yeah. So any of these women that, that you know, I have named that's supposed to be the final and the final thing, they, any of them worth, I mean, excite anybody? I don't think so. I, I, reckon, I think the only woman that could be added to Joe Biden's ticket right now that would excite excite a voting base, and y'all know who that is, that, that'd be Michelle, Michelle Obama. I mean, as much as, you know, I don't want to say it, it's true. If Michelle Obama come out and say she would be vice president, it's pretty much a lot that Biden would win. Now, as Patrick was saying, the Democrats are kind of worried, though, because um, there are Many, many um, blacks that aren't really feeling Joe Biden. And, and, and when this election first started, 
and you know it was basically known that Joe Biden was going to be the individual running against Donald Trump. I said it just, I said it. What we have here is the same predicament or situation that was presented in 2016. Okay? You have two individuals running for the top office in the land that nobody really wants. Nobody really wants. So, with that being said, this is what you're going to have. You're going to have those that are for Trump, going to vote for Trump. Those that die hard and don't care what Joe Biden do, they just want Trump out. That's who they're going to vote. But then you have those in the middle, those those um, intermediate uh, independents, you know, the ones that are kind of on the fence. Either. Those are going to be the important ones. Now, how is it going to change it? I'm with Patrick. Hey, look, if you want my vote, this is what you need to do. If you want me and my people to get behind you, this is what you need to do. We need it on paper. We need it in writing. And once you get in office, don't think we won't come see you to make you hold your feet to the fire. In the same voice. And y'all know I, I never mentioned the presidential races without mentioning the congressional races. Because to me, that is more important than the presidential races. It really is. And and if you weren't paying attention these last three and a half years about how Congress can uh, uh, help <laughs> help or hinder uh, the American people, y'all know what you've been looking at. The majority of the seats in both houses are up for election. It, it's amazing that, that the mainstream media and even conservative pundits, you know, Lush Bar and Handy and on, they don't speak much on the congressional races. They, they, they don't speak much on that. But that is the one of the most important races that there is because these people are the ones that are put in place to represent what you want. These people are put in place to uh, um, make sure the person in 1600 is doing what thus says the people, not what thus says the person in 1600. So once again, I'm ask, I'm asking, I'm not begging, I'm not telling, I'm just asking. Go take a look at who's running for congressional offices in your state, your city. Go and check it out. You know, you have some jokers been under 30, 40, 50 years. McConnell been under so long, he, he's just, he's a relic. Just like Pelosi. But they get in front of the cameras and they groups and they play these little games with each other. And it's the same thing they've been doing for years. But when it comes time for election, people forget about it until they go to the polls They look at the, the ballot And they be like oh yeah Pelosi Yeah okay she been there okay good And just mark it off That 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 is something that has to change as well It does If you don't want to do it You you have a, a, a Teenager or something or young, Let them research it 
You'd be surprised what they find out. They come back and tell you some stuff you didn't even know. This generation is very, very uh, intelligent. They're, they're a lot more perceptive, as Petra was saying, than we were at their ages. They are. Okay? So, you know, yeah, the presidential race is important, but let's not forget what's going on in Congress. The last three years, you've seen this nonsense. And I'm not just talking about on one side. I'm talking about on both sides. You know, it's time to replace the, some of them people that have been there forever. It's time for some new thinking. It's time for a new direction. You know, we can't continue to go down this same old raggedy road. That's why these young people out in the street now are saying, no, time to change this stuff. Time to change it. You know, we present our ideas in a different way. We're marching peacefully. We protest and preach peacefully, but yet you use the old tactics of bringing um, law enforcement out, police out, with, with um, rubber bullets and tear gas and whatever. One day it was missing with the dogs. We've seen that before. We're in 2020. Those are the same tactics. But nobody's talking about that. That's why these young people are out in the street marching, protesting, demanding, and believe it, they're gonna get they're gonna get it. <laughs> they are gonna get it. The question is, are you gonna help them or are you gonna hinder them? That is the question. You know? That is the question. Um, and let's see. That's one more thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to get too deep into this. I got like 20 minutes left. So, hey, how many of you are aware that there was another holiday that um, African Americans celebrated back in the day? Uh, you know, and I was just... <laughs> It's interesting. I was looking up something else, and, and this popped up, and I, I found it, it was quite interesting. It really was. Um, let's see if I can find it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is right here. It said uh, the name of the, the August August first day holiday. Now, how many of you ever knew about that August first day? was once the most important date on the calendar for African Americans during the 19th century. It represented a a day more meaningful than the 4th of July. It was also widely celebrated across the nation with picnic speeches, dancing hymns, and marches until the beginning of the Civil War. The holiday marked the radical deed of a foreign country, Britain's passage of the Slavery Abolition Act which marked the start of freedom for 800,000 enslaved people in all of its colonies on August 1st, 1834. Last, the last was in 1927 in Detroit. The holiday had its roots in Jamaica, where a five-week revolt led by a black preacher, Sam Sharp, in 1831. 1832 had forced the first Make a calculated judgment that maintaining slavery overseas was simply too expensive. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Yeah. And I just happened to come over and I'm like, oh my. I didn't even realize that. I didn't know anything about it. It says, well, the holiday of Juneteenth has rightly been recognized as a crucial marker of a new birth of American freedom. The neglected predecessor of August 1st Day also deserves to be remembered. It represented a prophetic voice, prophetic voice calling on Americans never to waver in the fight for the rights and liberty for all people. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And of course, needless to say, Juneteenth replaced August 1st day. Okay. So, yeah. So, there you go. A history lesson. There you go. A history lesson. August 1st day. Something, you know, you don't hear about that. See, once again, that's a bit of our history that we never heard about. I never heard of it. Now, I know some of y'all, y'all educated individuals out there, y'all may have heard about it, but I had never heard about it until I found it, you know, doing a little research for something else. So, yeah. So, if you want to look it up, go and look it up. August, August 1st day, holiday. That's what it's called. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Very interesting. Well, I think that's all I got right now. Unless somebody else want to call in with some stuff. As I said, I do apologize. The chat room isn't working today, which, you know, isn't my fault. I don't know why it's not working, but it's not. Um, you know, every weekend when you, when you look at it, so many, you know, people killed in Chicago. So many people died in Chicago. So many people shot in Chicago. So that had me wondering, what is murder happening all over the United States? Uh, you know, and, you know, really, once I, I did a lot of searching, I found out it wasn't Chicago. <laughs> now, which is interesting, because you have to understand how this is done. Um, this is done by uh, the murder rate per residence, 1,000 residents. So if you have an extra large city, you know, you may not make this, even though you have a whole a lot of um, murders. Yes, see, um, number one was East St. Louis, Illinois. Yeah, the murder rate is 0.87 per 1,000 residents, 17 and a half times the U.S. average number of murders, 23. Y'all heard that? Now let's go to um, somewhere else, Baltimore, Maryland. Their murder rate is 50.51 per 1,000 residents, 10.3 times the U.S. average, and the number of murders they had was 309. This is last year. St. Louis, Missouri, number of murders, 187. Now, the interesting thing, there are, from what I'm looking at, there is 30. I'm looking at 30 cities right here on this list. And Chicago is not on any of them. Chicago is not on any of them. However, if you go to um, Chicago City site and look at the number of murderers or homicides they have, oh, it's an outrageous number. It really is. But for some reason, um, it's not making the stats. And, and those numbers I gave, I gave you were based on FBI information. So, what does it take? 
the system needs to be tweaked a little bit. You know, that that's part of um I guess the reform that needs to happen in during law enforcement because if there's no the national database of everybody reporting then you, you get distorted numbers like that. Because those numbers they they based what they're based on, it gives you some numbers, but basically you would say they're they're flawed. They really are. Because that doesn't truly represent what is really happening. It looks good. But if you, you live in a city where you know um, there's a lot of death uh, outside there, you know, you're like, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. We'll, we'll work it out, right? Yeah, of course we will. All right. Well, that's going to do it. I think I, I've done all I can do. I'm talking about all I can talk about right now. Uh, I covered everything I'm going to cover. So. Just like we started the show while we was working on some technical difficulties. We're going to give you a little music before we get up out of here. Hey, y'all, just remember, y'all have fun. Enjoy your week. We'll be back next Monday with another show. Next Monday, yeah. Next Monday with another show. And um, just remember, keep smiling. Show appreciation. Give a little heart. But make sure you forgive yourself first. And the biggest, best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. You can laugh at yourself. Everything else is great. All right. So y'all enjoy this little bit of music I'm going to play for you, and I'll see you next week. Have a good one, man. This has been Let's Talk on, Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk. Man. See ya. Have a good one.
else to say, she'll let you know. Just prepare yourself and be ready to go. And I hope this message stays in your mind. Cause you almost lost a girl who was right on time. Here's one more thing that you got to know. Just cool it down. Stay in control. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.